Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cloud overhead, hoping that I break that. Won't get a hold, won't determine fate that. It's probably a good thing that I was busy last night. So I'm recording this episode after the Hawks win instead of the Knicks loss yesterday because this entire episode would have probably had a completely different tone after that uh, miserable loss to the Knicks. Not that this win versus Atlanta really changes my mind on anything, uh, but a win does feel nice. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, brought to you by the Believe Network. Uh, I do want to say, shout out my guy, Rio. He was doing big things over there in Asia, and uh, word on the street is he is back in the States, so we're going to try to get my dog in touch uh, when he gets everything settled and hopefully get another episode with the two of us, because I know it's been a minute, but he's doing big things, so I just want to congratulate my boy, Rio. Uh, if y'all ain't been seeing the highlights of what he's been doing over there in Malaysia in the Asian Basketball League, do yourself a favor, look it up. My dog is hooping. Anyways, let's talk about this Miami Heat, man. There's been six games since the All-Star break, and this is kind of our first episode uh, solely on the Miami Heat since then. Uh, they were 2-4, and four, uh, pretty much hit rock bottom if they weren't already there. Want to start off, they lost to Milwaukee, got absolutely blown out once Giannis got hurt, which is what, uh, which is what made that loss demoralizing. We were curious if Kevin Love would start right away. He did. Uh, not sure if he was there because he scored zero points, same, same amount that I did. Whatever, that loss sucked. Just when you couldn't think it got any worse, they played the Charlotte Hornets the next night, who went all the way up by 20. And the Heat comeback fell short, so they lost to the Charlotte Hornets, one of the worst teams in the entire league. Again, for the second time in two weeks, uh, miserable loss. Then you go all the way to Philadelphia. You're thinking this team is going to dominate the Miami Heat, but no! The Miami Heat come away with a win. Jimmy has one of the most miraculous slaves I've ever seen to give the Heat the lead. And Bam Adebayo, after telling Taylor Rooks he's the defense player of the year, comes up with a stop on Mr. Joel Embiid. Miami Heat come away with an amazing win. Then, Philly comes down to Miami. First night of a back-to-back for them, so Joel Embiid sits out with rest. You'd think it'd be an easy win for Miami, but nah. They absolutely dominated the Miami Heat from the second quarter on. And I would just like to thank the Miami Heat for getting the third quarter done early in the second quarter instead of the third. Because instead of wasting an hour of my life, they only wasted 30 minutes. So shout out to them. Uh, they got dominated from start to finish. That team was running uh, running up and down all over us. Tyrese Maxey specifically, he's awesome. Uh, James Harden, that old bum was killing us somehow. Shake Millen, they really led uh, almost start to finish. Uh, one thing I really hate is during that game, Eric Reed was, and he's been doing this all year. It's really been bothering me. Or the last couple months, he's been doing the scoreboard watching that he does. Like, he'll say, while the Heat are down 20, oh, it looks like the Knicks are up 10 points. Dude, stop watching the other teams. Your team is not good enough to be looking at all these other teams and saying, oh, well, the Knicks are up five. The Nets are down two. My guy, you got to worry about your own team first. And and, and no shade on Eric Reed. He, he's really the GOAT, obviously. But... It's annoying as a Heat fan when I'm listening to them talk about other scores as I see John Jones just won. Shout out to John Jones. Another people say he's the GOAT. Uh, it's annoying hearing when all, all these people are trying to look at the other teams and look at the standings when the Miami Heat have very glaring, giant problems of their own to look at. So, And it was specifically bothering me that game because in that moment, I, it looks like the Heat are not even going to make the play-in tournament. Although at this point, it does seem like they'd probably be a lock. I mean, you never know. I think they're like two or three games up at that 11 spot. Uh, but they are like three and a half back of six. 
Uh, so it'd be tough to get out, but it'd also be tough to, or it'd be tough to move up. It also would tough to be moved down, but we'll see how things go over the next couple weeks. Then we had the game I was just referencing, the game versus the New York Knicks. The biggest game of the season, the team right above us in the standings. If Miami wanted any shot at six, they could not lose that game. Well, Heat are down at halftime, uh, down 15 at halftime. Looked like they didn't give a damn about anything in the first half. Come out the second quarter with an amazing defensive effort. All for nothing. We saw what Julius Randle did. He got the rare double bang from Mike Breen. I watched that play about 25 times, and I was more miserable every single time. Uh, just miserable in the fact that it was the Knicks and Julius Randle. Other than that, I'm pretty much uh, emotionless when it comes to this Heat team now because when I look at those guys out there and it looks like they don't care, why would I care? Uh, I was a guy in the past that certainly did get you know down for, for a while after some Heat losses, especially ones like that, but at this point, it's just sad and frustrating with this team, the, the product that they're putting out there on the court. Uh, it's sad. It's sad as a Heat fan, man. And I don't really want to make this episode all about that because I am recording this after the Hawks game where they did get a win. But it's just there's so many problems with this team uh, that we've been talking about all year, uh, and they really did nothing to fix it, which is something that we've already addressed also. But last game uh, that uh, just happened is the game versus the Hawks. It was Bam's first great game uh, since the All-Star break, so it was nice to see him bounce back a little bit, especially in a, uh, against a great defensive center like Clint Capella. Uh, he had 30-11-5, which was awesome. Uh, Jimmy stuffed the stat sheet, uh, which is something I always like to see because uh, that is the sign to me that he's active. Two signs that Jimmy's active is the free throw attempts or if he's stuffing the stat sheet. So while Jimmy only had eight shot attempts tonight and 15 points, he did have 11 rebounds and 7 assists, which tells me he was active and he looked like he cared today uh, because it looks like a lot of games this year he hasn't cared. Uh, and he had some comments to say about that, which we will get to later as well. But the Heat led most of the game, which was nice because they came out strong on the second night of a back-to-back after a demoralizing loss. A lot of times those games could go either way. You could It could be that you gave all your effort out the night before, so you get blown out tonight. Or it could be that you're pissed off and you want to go out there for vengeance. Fortunately, that looks like uh, what we got tonight. Some great, great effort from everyone. Gabe Vincent put Trey Young in absolute hell like he does every time. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about Gabe Vincent is how he just locks down Trey Young. Although, I think Trey Young will look good in the Heat jersey. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Uh, that dude finds his big men, uh, unlike the Miami Heat seem to do. Uh, I know it's been a lot of talk saying Jimmy Butler does not do a great job looking for Bam, nor does anybody else, maybe outside Tyler Hero. Uh, I was just like a point guard that can get Bam the ball. Uh, and this Heat team very clearly doesn't have a point guard. It's not Tyler. It's not Vic. Gabe, really good defensively. He's been struggling on the offensive side. Uh, and obviously, Kyle Lowry sucks. And I think he's played his last game in Heat jersey. Uh, mark the tape. He's not coming back. He went on the road to Philly and was questionable. And then the very next game, he's out indefinitely. Sounds to me like the dude just wanted a free trip to Philly to see his family because that's where he's from. Uh, it's a bit of a hard call out, I suppose, saying it. Uh, it's just very frustrating uh, seeing Kyle Lowry get paid all that money to do nothing. But a lot of Heat fans want him back because this team's been struggling without him. They were struggling just as bad with him. I don't care if Kyle Lowry's played his last game in the Heat jersey. Uh, he's not a good player, and he came to Miami, took money, was out of shape, uh, and was terrible. So good riddance, Kyle Lowry. Uh, I don't care how harsh that sounds. I'm very frustrated with you, just like I am the rest of the team. Uh, Tyler Hero tonight, 21 point, or 20 points, 21 shot attempts. That's awful. And the amount of times that he's done that this year is terrible. Listen, 
I did not expect this podcast to have this negative a tone. But when you come back after the All-Star break, after making no moves in the offseason and no moves at the trade deadline, and you go blown out and you and you get blown out by the Bucks without Giannis Adenakumbo, you lose to the Charlotte Hornets once again, who are one of the worst teams in the entire league, and then you get blown out by Philly at home without Joel Embiid. And then you get dominated by the Knicks and let Julius Randle put up 43 points. The team right above you in the standings. They are standing between you and the playing tournament. And you lose to them too. This Heat team has hit an ultimate rock bottom. And it is time for some major, major changes coming to offseason. I don't care whether that's trading Tyler Hero and all your picks. I don't care if that's trading Jimmy Butler. Trading Jimmy Butler has been a major discourse on Heat Twitter over the last week. And quite frankly, it's something that I never thought I would agree with. But that's the only way I could see this team getting any better. I don't want to get into it too much because I could probably spend a whole a whole hour podcast talking about trading Jimmy Butler, but this team has made a course of mistakes over the last 10 years that has put them in salary cap hell and without any assets. And the only way I could see this team getting any better is by trading Jimmy Butler and getting as much value for him while you still can. And that's not to say that Jimmy Butler can't be the best player on the championship team because if I think if I think if he's surrounded by the best the right pieces, he absolutely can. But when this team has 10 undrafted guys and no salary cap space because they have it all tied up into Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson who are not even in the rotation anymore and a max Tyler Hero extension who can't even shoot over 40% anymore, that extension kicks into next year. They have no money. They have no draft capital because they keep making these terrible signings and they have to attach draft picks to get rid of them. They're in a terrible, terrible spot, and I cannot see any way they can build any content around Jimmy Butler. I think that window has closed, and as much as it pains me to say, you see the jersey back there. Jimmy is my guy. I think it is time to move on come offseason or at least take a, a, take a deep look into it. That's kind of my thoughts on that. Another topic I want to get into is, has Tyler Hero taken a step this season? Uh, I alluded to it a little bit uh, during that rant I just had. Uh... I don't think he has. It confuses me why a lot of people think that he did. Uh, Kyle Lowry, or not Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero last year shot uh, 20.7 points on 45% from the field and 40% from three. So this year, as a starter, playing three more minutes a game with a much bigger role on the team, is averaging virtually the same amount of points, uh, but his shooting percentage is down 3% and his three-point percentage is down 3% as well. Uh, so how can you sit here and say he's taking a step when he has a bigger role on this team? He's scoring the same amount of points, but all his percentages are down. Uh, the, the Heat's record when uh, he scores 20-plus points is terrible. Uh, it's definitely a losing record. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see how Tyler Hero's taking a step this year, and it really scares me that contract he has. Because Kyle Lowry currently is arguably one of the worst contracts in the league, and Duncan Robinson is probably the worst contract in the entire league. So when you compare that next year with Tyler Hero, who will be making near max money with that extension that he has, this team is in a lot of trouble. And when they gave Tyler Hero that extension, I was praying it would look like he would be worth it. And so far, nearly 80% the way through this season, uh, it does not look like he will be. Now, I will say the good news is Kyle Lowry will be an expiring deal in the offseason. So maybe someone would want to take his contract. But keep in mind, Russell Westbrook was an expiring halfway through the season, and the Lakers still had to attach a first-round pick to get rid of him. So if Kyle Lowry is a worse player on a worse contract with a full season to go, I'd imagine it's going to take the Heat at least a first-round pick to get rid of Lowry. And Duncan's got three years left on that deal. 
teams are going to want at least one or two first-round picks to get rid of him. Unfortunately, he'd only have first two, uh, two first-round picks total. That goes back to the having no assets to, to upgrade the, this roster. But regardless, I, I'm going in a circle or going in a loop just because when I think about how, how many mistakes this front office has made over the last few years and how they've compounded those mistakes, it's very frustrating. Uh, you have a very special player in Jimmy Butler and the fact that it looks like they wasted his, his window. Uh, and I don't want to say wasted because they did make an NBA Finals and they did get one shot away from the Conference Finals last year. But when you're that close and then you go out there and you make zero moves whatsoever to upgrade the roster, uh, it's embarrassing. It, it really is embarrassing to me. That's the time that you upgrade the roster when you think you're close. And you can't get any closer to the Finals than one shot away. You can't. You lost P.J. Tucky, replaced him with Nikola Jovic, a 19-year-old with back problems. It's, it's, it's very sad. Uh, nothing against Jovic. Uh, I'm not giving up on him. Maybe he could be a good player one day. It's not going to be with this current rendition of the Heat, though. It's not. Uh, so that he did make two moves since the All-Star break. They, of course, came at the buyout, uh, uh, buyout market, which was Kevin Love, a guy we talked a lot about in previous episodes, and Cody Zeller. Uh, Kevin Love, I think he's the best of what's out there. Uh, his Heat tenure, uh, tenure so far certainly hasn't been great. Like I said, it's only been, what, five or six games so far. Uh, his shooting splits are not great, but his rebounding numbers are decent. And I will say, uh, seeing uh, someone out there who can help Bam rebound so Bam isn't responsible for getting every single board, it's been nice. It's been refreshing. Uh, I got some slack for saying this today on the, uh, the Basement Sports Network. Shout out to my guys over there. I was doing the post game, uh, and I brought out how Omer Yurtsevin has dominated his two games in the G League so far since coming back. Uh, he's over there trying to get you know his his feet wet and back under him, uh, so maybe he can rejoin this this roster in Miami. Uh, in his first game, Omer Yurtsevin had 27 points, and his in his next game he had 28 points, and 17 rebounds. Uh, I said he's dominating. Uh, why not bring him up to the Heat? Let him get some run. Uh, and the guys over on the basement basically called me crazy because Cody Zeller's been balling. Uh, and yeah, Cody Zeller's been fine. Uh, I just get scared a little bit because just like how the Miami Heat picked up Dwayne Dedman off his couch uh, as a free agent a couple years ago, Dedman was great for a couple months, and then we all realized why he didn't have a job. So I'm scared the same thing's going to happen with Cody Zeller. He's nice. He's rested. He's coming into a season refreshed when all these other players are banged up. So yeah, of course he's going to look well. I think it might all go downhill. Maybe that's just me being pessimistic. Regardless, I would much prefer to play Omer Yurtsev and a guy who we saw was a double-double machine last year, a guy a lot of people thought might start next to Bama to bow this year until he had the ankle injury, and he's dominating in the G League. When you're dominating in the G League, that means you're better than those guys, which means maybe you are an NBA player. Point is, this season's a waste. At least I'd like to see Spo throw him out there if he's healthy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to fix this team. I know he's slow as all hell. I know he can't shoot the three like he was in the Summer League a couple years ago. But still, this team is going to waste. Try something different. Try putting Tyler Hero back on the bench where he thrived last year. Try something because the season's a waste. That's my overall point. Uh, and and uh, I was talking about Kevin Love. Hopefully he could step up. Regardless, he's not going to be on this team next year. It's very clear he's 34 and was not playing in Cleveland for a reason. Kind of like I said, when they signed him, that fear of mine came true. And as far as Cody Zeller, all this talk about... Uh, like like the way the way people are hyping him up, uh, he didn't have a job for for a reason. Uh, Eric Reed had said uh, a game in the game against Philly, I think that the Heat lost, that the Heat were lucky. Uh, Cody Zeller was still out there. 
lucky he was still out there. My guy, he literally did not have a job for over an entire year. I don't think they were lucky he was there. I, I don't. The buyout market is scraps, bro. That's that's my point. You're not going the, the the odds of getting someone on the buyout market who would genuinely help your team are slim and none. They're they're just slim and none. So. I'm not surprised this team is two and four since getting their two great acquisitions, man. They they the front office really screwed this team over. What else we got here? Uh, Jimmy had some comments after the Knicks game that said this team is basically just going through the motions, uh, and he wishes they could play with the same energy for 48 minutes and blah 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 blah. The same stuff we've heard all year, guys. The same stuff all year. They say they need a wake up call. And then they lose to Charlotte before the All-Star break. And then they lose to Charlotte after the All-Star break. So when is it going to change? Spoiler alert. It's not. It's not going to change. This team is tired of each other. And that's what happens when you run it back. That's what happens. That's what happens when you keep the same roster together for four years and add nothing new. That's what happens when the big, uh, the big guy you get during this build is Kyle Lowry simply because he's Jimmy Butler's friend. That's what happens. These guys get tired of each other. We saw it before the trade deadline, and they still hesitated to make any moves when 28 of the other teams did. So, I don't blame you guys for being tired of each other, because I'm tired of this team, too. Uh, in other news, Goran Dragic was waived by the Chicago Bulls, uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks signed to him. I would have liked Goran Dragic back. Why? Just to have some fun. He wouldn't have helped this team either, uh, either but why not? I don't think Hayward Highsmith is a great player. I would have cut him to bring Goran over here. Oh, well. If Milwaukee wins the championship, at least our guy Goran gets a, gets a ring. Good for him. That's pretty much the last topic I have for this episode. I've been going on here for 17 and a half minutes. Certainly didn't intend for it to be this pessimistic. But as I'm... Because uh, I felt good after the Hawks win. Just, just nice to get a win. Uh, but as I'm sitting here recollecting on the last week, uh, and really the last two weeks, I guess, and, and all the pitiful losses they had, uh, and the fact that we got to sit through like another 20 games of this uh, until the play-in tournament and they eventually either miss the playoffs or get swept in the first round, uh, it's sad. It, it's sad thinking about. Uh, but if y'all do want to watch a competent basketball team this March, let me shout out my guys over in Miami. The Miami Hurricanes, man, just won the ACC tournament tonight. So I am happy about that. Shout out my guys Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, and most of all, future basketball Hall of Famer, Coach Larinaga. Uh, I'm really looking forward to them playing in the tournament in March Madness and building off of the big run they had last year. So that'll be fun. That gives me something to look forward to over the next couple weeks. But anyways, that's really all I got for this episode. I believe the Miami Heat played the Hawks again on Monday. Uh, this episode will probably be up Sunday if y'all listening. Uh, let me see what games the Heat got after that. They got Cleveland twice, uh, Orlando, Utah, Memphis, Chicago. Uh, it's tough. They play in a lot of these teams, and if this Heat team ever wanted to change my mind, uh, they'd have to start now. I'd want to see them run off like seven or eight straight, uh, and then we can talk. Until then, we'll just be watching uh, reluctantly every episode. Uh, not reluctantly. These, these are my guys, man. I, I'm a diehard Heat fan at life uh, for life, and, and everything I say comes out of love, obviously. Uh, no disrespect to any of these guys, but uh, it's frustrating, and I'd like to believe I share a lot of the frustration that the rest of the Heat fan base has as well, but... Still praying for the best, uh, praying that they can somehow get out of this playing tournament uh, and hope for a miracle come playoff time. Hope the shooting miraculously comes back, but we'll see. That's all I got for this episode. I really appreciate y'all tuning in, and I'll talk to y'all next week sometime. We'll see what happens, but I'm out. Look, pull up in the city, trying to get that dead fast. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had a 
kill him off. Yeah, I need a headspace. You know this home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.